0: Bismillah. Alaykum, Wa-alaikumsalam. As-salamu
1: no as-salamu worry, as alaikum, bro. Wa alaikum alaykum as-salamu I've just started it. Oh. No, don't worry. <laughs> okay, what are we saying? I'm on camera. We, we're yeah, cracking you're on, on yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's let's oh, go. If, if, you're, if you're ready bro. Akhi, let's go inshallah. You ready, no yeah? No problem man, no problem. Yeah. Alhamdulillah bro. Alhamdulillah. Right, Beautiful you. akhi again. Allahumma Mubarak, bro. Beautiful home. SubhanAllah. May Allah. Allah bless Allah. Allah. Khalil. Khalil. you man. Amin. Amin. Just so the camera knows his brother, he got married and... I didn't know about it, subhanAllah, <laughs> so I have to, I have to expose you now, <laughs> as soon <laughs> as, as everyone's exposing everyone. Um, I think my wife will be happy to hear that you
0: exposed that I'm married. <laughs> oh, subhanAllah, yeah. maybe she not want to know that, she, of, keep on the her, she wants everyone to know. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. but you're quite private. I, I'm I'm quite
1: private, I, can, yeah. I like to keep things that's like within the home, within the home and stuff. Okay, that's yeah. the best way, I'm the same, I'm not sure if you have noticed, but I consider myself to be quite private as well. Yeah. Um I don't think it's good for anyone and everyone to be able to know everything about your life. Absolutely. Do you know yeah, what yeah, I mean?
0: Yeah. I tend to keep just things that that's to do within the home within the home but just for reasons like uh evil eye and yeah. Hassad and many other things that you've experienced yourself. Yeah, no uh, doubt.
1: No doubt, you know. I don't know you see hasad yeah? Hmm. I don't know if that's you know, t- Sheikh Shay- Mohammed Tim Humble he mentions mm. about posting online and social mm. media and things to do with hasad, evil eye, sihar, etc. And he says it's really, obviously, we know that none of these afflictions take place except through Allah's permission. Mm. Whenever somebody aims to, to do you harm, particularly sihar, it's like it has to pass through Allah's court in order for it to get a, a, like allowed or refused, approved mm. or refused. And he would only allow it to take place from a wisdom, there was a wisdom for it. um so Sheikh Mohammed Tim humble he was mentioning about posting online is that check your intention mm. because your intention will be kind of very much relevant to if you get afflicted or not with any type of affliction. um So if well, you don't have a like a genuine intention and real necessary need to post. Then don't do it. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? That's a very good point. Yeah, and I, and I find myself posting less because I'll check my intention quite a lot before I post. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And more times I find it's not necessary, so I don't. That's true. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. I don't need to do this. Yeah, yeah. You know. So it's really really important. That's fine.
0: I try to post things that people benefit from mm. things that people can, can there, there's like some substance behind it mm. from time to time i might post something that i like or maybe a decent picture of like some sort of thing that i like mm. but in general uh, there should be some so, sort of substance where people yeah. come in they can take something out of it and go
1: instead of just see a nice pretty picture of yourself yeah.
0: or something like that
1: yeah no doubt mm. no doubt and um with uh, with hasad as well like you mentioned hasad is normally hassad is normally a punishment from Allah mm. so even though it's something carried out by a particular person you know hasad is an intentional evil eye isn't it yeah, So you've yeah. got evil eye which can be done by mistake accident you can put it on yourself mm. but hasad on the, other, on the other hand is an intentional evil eye where somebody has that sickness of hasad which destroys their life mm. really destroys their happiness um, but the one who gives it to another has hasad for another person. They see something in them that they like, they want, and they want it to be taken away from you. Yeah. And and, and Allah would allow that to take place normally as a punishment. Hasad is. Yeah, SubhanAllah it's, uh, hasad is one of those things that people don't
0: realize how how true it is. Like the Prophet said that hasad is Haq like it's it's it's, it's true. Like it is uh, it's evident in our lives, and that a lot of people can even die and they can pass away from the effects of hasad we know the story of the companion that when he was bathing and one of the other companions saw his body and uh, his body was very smooth and he he, uh, he looked nice so the companion said wow I've never seen a body like that and uh, he didn't say mashallah, tabarakallah or allahum barak or anything and the companion collapsed and when the prophet wa sallam, was told of what had happened he said why would you kill your brother he said, "You should always uh, put the blessings of Allah on whatever that you have, anything that you want protected, whether it's your house, your wealth. Some of those scholars, Subhanallah, even when it comes to like your car, they say like you can, you can make, you can uh, recite over it for protection. So the Prophet 'I'm told the other companion to go and make wudu and use that wudu water uh, upon this, uh, throw the water on the companion that had fainted, and then Alhamdulillah, he he was able to wake up.'" Subhanallah, mad.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people now, because, um, bro, I I find it hard to come across people who aren't afflicted nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, bro, seriously, like I I find it, it's so it's that common to me, that I find it hard to come across people, that are not afflicted. Do you know mm. what I mean? And um, I think a lot of people. Have come to the realization that these things really are real you know i Mm. think a lot more i think a lot of people i i I find it hard to feel that they can't know like with my clients with my counseling so many of them deal with issues in in, related to this and when i speak to them about it it's not shocking to them they know it's real but maybe Mm. it's just not something that they talk about a lot in fact actually um i've heard and what i've learned that in some cultures particularly Asian cultures, it's kind of a, sh- a humiliation or like a shame or an mm-hmm. embarrassment or something to the to the person who's suffering from it. Yeah. Obviously, I know you're Afghan, so I know you're not. It's not mm-hmm. it's a bit different, but is that right? Like, is it kind of that if you have an affliction, you have to sort of like hide it because you can be shamed and things of that nature? Have you heard anything like that before? Uh,
0: not necessarily, but I can I can imagine it being uh, happening in places like that.
1: Because Particularly if it's like a woman trying to get married, like kind mm. of thing. Because some sisters that I've, that I've had sessions with, um, when I've spoken to them, you know, they've had experiences where they've been afflicted, and then the husband that they was married to kind of took advantage, like as a result of it, you know, and was exposing mm. it and things of that nature. That's but Allah, perhaps it's not as as like that. In Afghanistan,
0: there's a lot of stuff like black magic and mm. uh, all of these stuff like is very prevalent. People mm. go to the local Imam for taweez and like loads of different sort of stuff mm. and they they put in their water and they drink from it or they they have the little uh, piece of paper with random stuff written on it and they'll have it in a little uh, necklace. yeah thing. yeah yeah um, or like a, they put it under the uh, pillow. There's loads of stuff SubhanAllah That I've come across I I wouldn't be surprised If a huge population Of Afghanistan Is like Afflicted with jinn
1: It's becoming more And more common though Yeah yeah. It's becoming more And more common The amount of people I know that are Going through stuff You would never think it But they are How do you think People are getting Afflicted from it Like Would you think think People do it That's a good question Okay Well i'll answer it like this yeah first of all there's a a rise in social media and a lack of privacy Mm. opens doors for people to see things more and more things about your life yeah so that has to be a factor it has to be a factor back in the day if somebody had a nice pair of trainers the whole world didn't know about Mm. it but nowadays if you're somebody you're known a little bit to an extent if you've got something nice you're putting it on social media everybody knows do you know what i'm saying so you're open people are opening up their private lives and their and obviously people always show their best things, mm. valuable things they want to show off. So one, they don't have good intention for why they're posting Two, they are posting and everybody can see it. Yeah. So that has to be, a that has to be a factor. Mm. Um, and obviously jealousy, jealousy has always existed, yeah. but with that jealousy increases in people. Do you know what I mean? Um, like, you know, I was saying about Hassad is normally a punishment. Yeah. It's like a punishment. Yeah. Seher is a trial. Um, when i was reciting over my when i was just doing rukia on myself um with the intention for allah to remove the hasad yeah and this is alhamdulillah you know it's good i like the way you do your podcast actually because it's a, it's much more kind of dean yeah and yeah. people could you want some you said when i asked you what inspired you to do this mm. you sort of want people to come and be able to take some benefit mm. and do you know what i mean yeah. discuss different things in different ways basically when you're afflicted with you a spiritual affliction the way to do ruqyah on yourself and how I advise my clients to do it is based on how I learned is you close your eyes you make the intention for Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala to your you, basically you make your intention oh Allah I'm reciting the Quran in order for you to remove the main jinn sihr, hasad evil eye any afflictions from me and oh Allah I intend for you to make my blowing fire hmm. oh, or nur I use Allah's Noor, yeah. which is more powerful than fire. Um, so you close your eyes, you recite the Quran, and you visualize yourself in front of you. Have you heard about it, have you heard of this style of? No, ru- so you ru- ru- like ru- see yourself in like a... Yeah, surface. so you close, you, you close your eyes, yeah? Because when you mm. close your eyes and you're reciting, you enter the like spiritual world, basically. Yeah. And, um, and when, when, when I say you enter the spiritual world, what it means is Allah shows you things mm your eyes are closed, you understand this is how Help people it. find sihr This is how people find where it is and oh. see who did it and things of that nature. So either you'll find it whilst you're reciting or in a dream. Yeah. Mm. So you close your eyes, you visualise yourself in front of you, and you recite. For example, "A'udhu billahi rahmanir Alhamdulillahi rabbil You visualize, I'm visualizing mm. myself in front of me and I'm blowing fire. So in my head, I've made the intention for Allah to make the blowing fire and I'm blowing fire on my head. Do you understand my brain? To destroy anything that's there because jinn, seher, like they can be in different parts of the body. Yeah. Normally where you're feeling aches, pains, normally that's where you emphasize mm-hmm. and you focus on. So I know of one person in particular who gets um, pain in between their shoulders and their back. They, they should be... Focusing on blowing a lot in in mm. that in that place, some people may feel something in their foot or in their leg or in their ha- head, wherever. Mm. So you recite and you blow on those on different all different parts yeah. of your body, and then eventually you'll start to see like after like uh, the Sheikh Abu Badi says that the the recitation that empowers, develops, strengthens you mm. is a recitation that exhausts you. Now you're a gym man. <laughs> So, good example. You can understand, yeah. When you and I go to the gym from time to time, but you're on yeah. a different level, yeah. So, when you go to the gym and you leave without feeling exhausted and tired, do you feel like you got something from it? No. We, I've got, I've done that, yeah. I've gone to the gym and had a dead session. Yeah. I've come in, I've done it. Uh, do you know what I mean I've played the role like do you know what I mean yeah, the yeah. a couple lifts or whatever? But you're just not there, mm. and you walk out not feeling really anything at all. It's the same with the Quran. You can recite the Quran for a period of time and just not feel anything, not feel any fatigue, not feel any tiredness, nothing, mm-hmm. yeah, and stop. The recitation that develops you and empowers you is a recitation where you feel exhausted.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and the Quran, and trust me, if you're afflicted, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. You get, you get, you'll fall asleep. You'll just wake up. You know, so yeah, mm-hmm. so. Um, that is how you do it. Yeah. That is that. That is from what I've experienced. One of the best ways of doing orokia. Obviously, yeah. there are other added things: black seed oil, reciting on black seed oil, yeah. reciting on the water, and kind of washing. Just making hustle with the water every day and drinking a black seed oil, etc. Et but um, so I think one of the good points that you made was the intention,
0: because mm. uh, some people when they they, they re- recite the Quran like every day, so they think that they're protected. But one of the things that they don't do is they don't recite with the intention mm. that they're seeking protection or they're seeking cure from any sort of black magic and so on. So what I think it's very, very good that you mentioned the intention. Yeah, you have to. You yeah. have to make
1: the intentions are, are very, very important. Yeah. It's like even with the Salah. Look mm. at the Salah, yeah? You have to make your... In- you know what you're doing. Yeah. But you have to make the intention. Exactly. I intend to break the... Or you don't verbally, you don't verbally yeah. say it, but you intend to break the, the four Rakats facing the Kaaba. And then you pray. But um, yeah, it's not easy, man, subhanAllah. It's not easy. When I was reciting, and as I was saying on the subject of you said, like, why do you think people more and more people are afflicted? Yeah. They're afflicted for numerous reasons. I said, exposing p- um, private parts of their life, not making dua before they, not making their duas, not doing their adhkar, mm. not reciting Quran, entering the bathroom without making the necessary dua. Um, but then. Hassad, I was saying as well, because yeah. you mentioned it, about how it's a punishment. When I was, I was told that Hassad is normally given to someone who lacks gratitude. They hu- they've they humiliated someone. Wow. Um, kind of embarrass someone. Things like, things of that nature, yeah? And um, when I was reciting on myself, I saw um, an old work colleague of mine, one Arab Christian. Mm. It was an Arab Christian, yeah? And um he didn't like me particularly very much. I was a manager in the office, like of the, I was, used to be like a visa consultant. So I used to help people from the UK migrate to Australia. And um, and uh, I was a manager of that team, of a team of the Australian side, yeah. Cause we did Canada visas as well, in the UK. Sure. And um, yeah, me and this guy had, had issues with each other. And one day I kind of weighed him off and the kind of office kind of like laughed at him Mm. and when i was reciting and then i saw him his face came up in my head basically i could see Mm. him his face came up um i was thinking maybe i got it because of how i kind of weighed him off in front of the office i mean even though we both had passive with each other you know me as a as a muslim maybe i should know better than to Mm. to be in that to be in that manner and perhaps maybe i was arrogant or haughty i was young at the time You know, so Alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah and be careful how you deal with people. Yeah. Allah is very just mm. and He will allow some He will allow someone, even if they're non Muslim, to afflict you if you wrong them. But you have to realise this very, very important thing is that even if you are afflicted there's, it's it's a blessing for you yeah. because you have to recite the Quran, you have to grow closer mm-hmm. to Allah for it to go, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that people have to understand if they've been afflicted with any kind of spiritual afflictions, is that it is an opportunity for you to gain blessings and barakah yeah.
0: It's true, and it's like you said, it's a, it's a blessing, and the fact that Allah has afflicted you with this in this life instead of the next life. Imagine you wronged someone or you transgress against someone. And instead of Allah giving you the punishment in this world, you're getting the punishment in the next world. It's going to be way more severe and multiplied in the next life than in this life, SubhanAllah. Yeah. So it's a blessing to have any sort of affliction, and that 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 shows that we should think well of Allah
1: Subhanahu Taala as well. That's the key. Yeah. That's the key. Thinking well of Allah Subhanahu Taala, having husnul I ask my clients, yeah. Um. I say to them, in the midst of a trial. This, because they asked me questions sometimes like one of them asked me a question one time um, what what's the best way for me to get the most out of this trout? So I said, what do you think you need to have like mentally? Mm. Obviously, many things they don't require physical efforts. Dean is spiritual. the physical side of things are good for you, but everything's more mental, yeah What mental strength or like ability do you need to have in your arsenal? to make the most out of a trial, to get through a trial. sabr, okay, no, Mm. Iman, no, Um, Tawakul, no. All of these things are important, Mm. all of these things are important, but husnul husnudhan of Allah, having a good thought of Allah during the midst of a trial is how you get the best out of it. You need to be able to be optimistic and positive and not be upset with Allah or displeased with his Qadr, have a good thought and that's definitely key. Some of the Salaf used to say stuff
0: like uh, When you're afflicted or when you're harmed by a person uh, Don't think that this person has harmed me And start thinking evil of them And start having uh, hatred inside of you for them But rather think that Allah The one who's transgressed you uh, Sorry um, the one who, who's, um, The one who's allowed this person to oppress you Is not an oppressor meaning Allah. And if, so if you're thinking well of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter what a person does to you, how, however they harm you, you're never going to think uh, bad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you're not going to cut off ties thinking that this person is evil, this person is like that. Because you're thinking, this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's trialing me some sort of way. I'm going to think well of Allah and I'm going to push through and have patience and
1: just have trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's really interesting because... um. <laughs> I would ask, I would ask Sheikh Abu Ubaid, how do, what do you recommend people to do when they find out who it was that had afflicted, that yeah. it had done the, this evil, because it is one of the greatest oppressions one person can do to another. Yeah. He in particular, yeah, and he said it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated because it is, very yeah. often these are people close to you. Very That's often true, these yeah. are family members. Yeah. So you know, I just said to him, but I'm not, I'm not for me. <laughs> i'm cutting ties do you yeah. understand what i'm saying and he didn't respond um because well, he's a busy person anyway but we're gonna go back and forth into it i told you i had a dream where i crashed these ferrari <laughs> last <laughs> last night yes i had a dream i took sheikh abu Bayd's gun gunmetal gray ferrari and i was just yeah i destroyed it subhanallah alhamdulillah i woke up very happy that it was uh, a dream only subhanallah. um but yeah it's very complicated yeah. and, and and what you said that mindset that the Salaf gave of a sc- of not of looking at the oppression and allowing it to take place from one who isn't an oppressor, yeah. perhaps yes, that does open up an avenue for the people to have rahma towards that individual, yeah. and maybe it's a little bit like the one who kills an individual and makes them a martyr. Yeah, you know, they love yeah, that yeah, person yeah. in the akhirah if they exit to them because you killed me, you made me, you granted me this honor. Yeah, yeah. that that Afghan uncle, you know, in New Zealand, mm. who was shot first when he um when when the that that calb that dog entered the yeah. masjid if that person were to accept Islam and I last I don't know what I even want to say if I would want yeah, to happen no, Allah does amazing things yeah true, um, then he would love him
0: yeah
1: even though he had harmed him
0: imagine how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must have loved those individuals that he's taken them away from a temporary world where there's, uh, you have to be patient, you have to deal with people, you have to work hard, you get old, you, you get sick. There's so many things in this world, obviously. We have blessings, Alhamdulillah, as well. Alhamdulillah, there's we so do. Many, th- many trials blessings. in this dunya, mm. but Allah took them away from this dunya in a place that is most beloved to Him, which is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He took them to a place where they're going to be in eternal bliss. They're probably flying
1: in green birds right now. Subhan- yeah. They're shuhada. And chandeliers underneath the arsh of Allah. Yes. Yeah, subhan- the throne of Allah mm. underneath. And the, the green birds fly around. And that's where they are. It's Allah incredible. Among them. Allahumma yeah, ameen. Yeah. Allahumma ameen. It's a great way to go. Yeah, subhan- it's a great me. way to go. SubhanAllah. The dunya is a crazy place because um, I, I rarely, when you look at the life of the Sahaba, you'll rarely find great, honorable lofty individuals having what some people would describe mm. or the non Muslims in particular would describe as a good death. Yeah. A peaceful death. And their deathbed surrounded by their family. It's quite rare. Yeah. It's quite rare. Um Omar, we know how he died. You know. Uh Uth- um Uthman, yeah. radiallahu anh, we know how he died. Mm. My favourite companion, um Abdullah Ibn Zubair. And I people know how he died, but he died in a gruesome way. Yeah. The Prophet Sallallahu grandchildren How did Abu Bakr die again? Abu Bakr uh, I don't know why I keep forgetting how Abu Bakr
0: radiallahu anh, died Now that you've put me on the spot I've forgotten as well I think he died on his deathbed though
1: Did he die on his deathbed Abu Bakr? I think Bakr. he did
0: yeah I think he uh, He was
1: one of the ones that had a, a peaceful death yeah
0: I know he died at the age of 63 Same uh, as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Same as the Prophet Sallallahu And, and Abu Bakr as well a, and uh, uh, Umar as well I think Monday as well just as the Prophet ﷺ did
1: abu Bakr, as you know
0: <laughs> bro when you when you look into the life of abu Bakr, you realize why he was the the best of companions subhanallah subhanallah but the compilation of the quran was done at, the, at his time so imagine every single time we we're opening up the mushaf and we we're reading it imagine there's like two billion muslims around the world yeah if any a single letter that they read from that is on the scale of abu Bakr. And subhanallah, you know, six of the companions that were from the ten <laughs> that, that were promised normal, Jannah bro. Six of the companions that were promised Jannah uh were through him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mad. Mad. it's really? incredible. And by the way, yeah, it was illness, yeah. It was illness. Yeah, yeah. it was illness, yeah. yeah. I had to check. But yeah, so you look at so I started preying it when I was thinking about the New Zealand attack, yeah. May Allah have mercy on them, I mean. And I was thinking the dunya is a crazy place because what appears as evil so often is not. Um, And I was thinking, how fitting that on a Friday when we're supposed to read Surah Al Kahf, which mentions the story of Musa and Khidr, Mm. where you see Allah's wisdom in that things that appear to be evil very often cannot be evil. Do you understand? Mm, Allah has wisdom in everything that He does. You get the most Musa and Khidr type situation with New Zealand. Because that is evil, and that was evil, yeah. no doubt. And it appears there's nothing but evil. But there's, look at look at what happened as a result. Yeah. These individuals get the greatest honor. Mm. The adhan is called in in um, Trafalgar Square. Yeah. The adhan is called in Australia. The adhan is called in New Zealand. These people accept Islam. Islamophobia dies a little bit. It's true, subhanAllah. I you never
0: know. Thought all
1: because of, of all because of all because of that. Mm. If he didn't use a one of the things that's a bit sad when you observe the minds of us people humans and all of mankind but the non-muslims and the muslims if he didn't do a if he didn't use a gopro if he didn't use a Mm. gopro our hearts would not have been affected by Mm. it like that at all at all the pious and very soft-hearted individuals yes because they're on a kind of different level Mm. um but the normal person living their life, it would because wallahi, achi. When my boy called me in the morning and said, Aki, is your family okay?" Because obviously my wife is in Australia, from Australia, um, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, everything's good." What happened? Because he made me worry. Like, yo, what's going on? And then he told me what had happened. I went on BBC News and I read forty at the time, maybe forty something, dead in mosque shooting. Achi, I was like. Psh- it's the same old i'm no. so used to hearing about deaths especially of muslims and we've been dehumanized so much via the media that even i was like you know it's just this everyday life mm. but the gopro watching it is a different story yeah you know what i'm saying and if it wasn't for him doing that all of this wouldn't have took place mm. do you know what i mean so alhamdulillah man well like so much things that look like they're evil that i was waiting i said i wonder what the wisdom the rah- yeah. you know the, the goodness in this would be and you know we saw it in front of our very eyes
0: it's one of those. it's two things people just take uh, these kind of events as as it happens people die it's evil khalas, they leave it there but they, they they very rarely look at what the wisdom is behind it mm. what's the wisdom of Allah even within ourselves someone was telling me that whenever you're going through trials, look at what the wisdom behind it is Allah's trying to teach you something what is it? You can either be heedless and just say you know what I'm in I'm in grief I'm I'm in a trial, I'm being tested, Allah doesn't love me or you can look at Allah loves me he's trialing me for a purpose. let me learn from that and
1: what what's the wisdom behind it? no doubt and you can't and that in itself is one of the greatest blessings um but you you can't you can't do that without the right mindset and there's so many people go under as a result of trials Mm. and it's crazy like that trial was the thing this the trials are the things that separates the believers from the disbelievers Um, so I guess it's natural, it happens, isn't it? That's mm-hmm. like what they're designed for, isn't it? Some people sink, some people swim. Yeah. But it amazes me how many people sink due to trials. That's true, it's You know, like, that's your, this is your chance now. This yeah, is the time. Man. You know, like, you get that. Say, for example, you're a football player, yeah? And you've been performing. And then you hear a scout's coming. Scout's coming yeah. to come and watch you. That's the time to turn up. That's true. Do you understand? That is the time to turn up. That's what a trial is. Yeah, a scouts coming now to watch you. Particularly, Allah's gave this to you and He's really he's watching you. Like mm. he always watches you, but this is intensified. You've got a trial now. Yeah, and that's the time to perform. Mm. There's no like, there's no better time to do it. But what do people do? They go to music. Yeah. they 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 take their jilbab off or their hijab off. They get they they go to alcohol. They go to strangers for sex to mm. get away from their the, their trials and. Yeah. you just flopped like you mm-hmm. flopped the it's, things you would have got do you know what i mean the things you would have got yeah. had you been patient had you been optimistic mm-hmm. and now you you not only lose the great treasures you were about to obtain but now you're also sinning yeah. and ruining your akhirah. you know so it's
0: sad, subhanallah um one sheikh was mentioning how that uh when people are tested and they go to these things like alcohol and drugs and also do all sorts of things, they say, "Oh, it's because I was tested and it was like this, and Allah did this to me." He goes, "No, the reality is that this is how you were. Like this is this was in your heart all, all along, but you, now you've just got a reason to act out what you've got. Mm. So it's it's trials bring out who you really are. It doesn't. It's not. It's it doesn't make you into who you are. It's actually showing who you are already." so people have like a cover on deep. them and then when the trial comes and they let loose they, they,
1: they're they like okay now I have a reason to sort of uh, so I'm always learning something from you I remember when we used to do our little Instagram lives for, no. for like short periods I remember I always used to I always used to learn things from you subhanallah man I, I remember the thoughts I used to get were, I know you attend classes in it I know you have people that you learn from and a lot of what I learn, I don't know how I learn it really. <laughs> I don't know how, I learn it from different places and yeah, wherever. Yeah. I know that might be a worry to certain people, quite strong and certain manhaj, and you should know where you learn yeah, your yeah. deen from and stuff like that. But I don't think I say anything incorrect, but I can't tell you exactly I got it from this person. I don't, yeah. Of course, I learn a lot from Sheikh abu bain on particular subjects and mm. others. But a lot of it's my own like thinking as well and, and mm. rationale. And of course, we don't use that stuff to make rulings yeah. and to give judgments. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. But it's good to be a think. it's good to be a thinker. You're not questioning what we've got to do now. Uh, not current, uh... So it's not like um, we're using uh, my rationale to derive rulings, to give fatawa yeah. <laughs> or anything like that because I don't want it to be perceived in that way. But to be a, a thinker, to be consciously thinking, alhamdulillah, and, and coming up with stuff. But I realised that when I listen and speak to you sometimes, I I realised the barakah and... Uh, sitting in front of someone of knowledge and, and learning because you, you, you get something different. I wouldn't say I'm personal
0: knowledge, but alhamdulillah I feel the same with you, bro. Every time we uh, No, not, have a you, not you, you. not okay. I'm not saying your okay. personal alhamdulillah, knowledge. you're alhamdulillah, yeah. I know you me. yeah, I know you wouldn't feel <laughs> a way about that. I know you don't want to yeah, have yeah. things
1: ascribed to you that you're not I'm not saying you, but yeah, you yeah. sitting, you sitting oh, with people of mean, knowledge yeah, yeah. and you learn from them and Alhamdulillah I learn I learn yeah. these little things from you as well Alhamdulillah. That's one of the beautiful things man with with
0: myself and you and like the brothers that we have around is that we all sort of want to get close to Allah and we're all, always learning, trying to learn stuff and trying to get closer to Allah. So when we get together, that rubs off on each other, right? Yeah. Like I'm learning something from you, you learn something from me. And that's the importance as well of having a good companionship around. No
1: doubt. Um, Achhi, the amount of times I thought to myself I should go to Medina, man. Yeah. Honestly, bro, if I dedicated my life to studying the deen, wallahi, I feel like not in an arrogant way like that, but I really feel like I could do you know what I mean yeah, I could yeah. do something? Absolutely, but um, I don't know what can I say, man. Just yeah. I don't know ways I I went to the I went to the jammy You know. Oh you seen yeah? it? I went. I went and and in, like Yani. You enrolled. Like, co- applied. Applied. Ah, yeah, mashallah. I applied. I had to recite Quran, answer yeah. some Aqida questions. MashaAllah. I don't even. Yeah, I don't know. Like I did it when I was on Umrah. I was with Sheikh Jamal and um, one of my companions, Abdul Latif. But um it just wasn't in my heart. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It just wasn't in my heart. And I've seen the brothers from Bukhari T V out there and they've been there for a while. I'm wondering if they're studying there. I'm you know them, sure. you know what uh, you know I them. Know, right? I know who you're referring to. Beautiful yeah. brothers, mashallah. Yeah, beautiful yeah. brothers, man, subhanAllah. Yeah. But they've been there for a minute because 'cause they've been doing a lot of videos, a lot of yeah. dawa videos, reminders there. And I'm wondering to myself, I wonder if they I wonder if they're in the jam here you know what maybe fa- they
0: go from time to time to study with some uh, maybe they do
1: I hope they're studying there, yeah, because those brothers are special brothers, mashallah. and I've been in a deen, uh like it's it's interesting because you know Allah Taala will always bring people into the Ummah to carry on the the you know will carry the torch of dawah. Yeah. let's say, for example, or spreading knowledge, and I have seen these brothers. I can't include myself from amongst them. I'm just a normal guy. Do you know what I mean, just mm. loves loves Islam and Allah and passionate about these things. Um, but I've seen these people develop and mm. grow from like young, like doing little things, into being put in these positions now of leading the next generation in terms of knowledge. <inaudible> so it's 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 <inaudible> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <inaudible> even i how long have I been Muslim now? Over eight years. Over eight years, but I've seen <inaudible> them. <inaudible> I've seen them, Alhamdulillah. I don't want to mention their names, cause you know naturally people are shy like that. Yeah. But it is amazing to see our last will always make sure that there are people in this ummah yeah. to 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 benefit us, and you can see the young ones coming through. Yeah. The Islam, bro, Islam is gonna flourish and Islam is gonna
0: uh, be successful and dominant, whether whether we do anything or not it's a matter of whether we're gonna be, are we gonna be a part of that or not so we're we gonna be yeah. a part of that reward or are we gonna add
1: from it in some way or take away from it yeah you know um because we are one ummah, we are one body mm. i remember mohammed hoploss saying you know like sometimes the people say like my sins are on me it's Like no your sins affect everyone yeah do you understand what i'm saying our brothers and sisters in china who are in concentration camps being oppressed you heard about yeah, that right yeah yep. but they're 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 not no, like you can't just say that they're there just because they're there because we are how we are. Yeah. Our Palestinian brothers and sisters are in the situation they're in because we are how we are. Our brothers and sisters are in Syria in the position that they're in because of how we are. So this this mindset, you know me, I'm all about mindsets. Yes, yeah? yeah, yeah. big part of like my thing and my counselling and stuff like that as well as developing and teaching mindsets, is th- that mindset. Is completely incorrect. Yeah, it's completely inc- incorrect because as much as yeah, you have got these countries involved in whatever the case may be, in oppressing, like they can't do, they couldn't do that if we wasn't if we wasn't how we are. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? It couldn't sure. run. Do you, have you heard of the the short story of um, Harun Rashid? Harun Rashid, I can't remember. The name sounds sounds familiar though. Harun Rashid and Mutasim. Wow. like, okay, alright, cool. So they, cause this is this is a podcast, plan, so I better make sure I got it right. But, well, I think um, you're not you're referring to But Carry on here Yeah. But. So, um, one sec, one sec. Let me make sure I get it right, cause I'm gonna get refuted. <laughs> 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 um, there was a Muslim. He was a male mu'minin hmm. Yeah, Harun Rashid, and um. And. There was a Muslim woman who was oppressed. Yeah and she was hit and he wrote to the country the land of the people non-muslim people about this incident and long story short they kind of um violated what he said and didn't respect it didn't mm-hmm. acknowledge it and when that muslim woman was hit she well wail, she wailed out and and called out for Amir al-Mu'minin like where are you and the word got back to him because the person who had slapped this Muslim believer, this disbelieving woman, had said, yeah, Mu'tasim, he's coming on a black and white horse to come and save you. Have you heard it? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So the word got back to him, yeah. And he came out with our army, thousands on black and white horses. Because this person said, he, he, so basically the disbelievers oppressed this Muslim woman, hit her. She's cried out for a mirror, where are you? And the disbelievers said, yeah, look, he's coming. He's coming on a black and white horse to come and save you, like, to, to, yeah, yeah. to boy it, yeah. So he comes on a black and white horse, on an army, and he grabs, and he and he, obviously they did dismantle the, their enemy, and they bring the the believing woman, and he says to her, "Told this disbeliever, told this character that what has come on a black and white horse to come and save you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the honor that they had. Yeah. So considering that's who we come from, yeah, those are, I feel, are like my ancestors. Yeah. To say, to go from that to being in a place where the believers are oppressed like this, like, it, it, you have to look at yourself. Yeah. The
0: Prophet and prophesies this as well, subhanAllah. That he said the, the believers will be, it's like, uh, it's like people, it will be like a feast. The, the yeah, believers like, will be on a yeah, table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the proper like yeah. uh, text of it, but it's like they're on a feast and people are just, Taking, taking, yeah, taking, doing whatever they want to them, and they can't do anything about it. Yeah,
1: it's peak. But we, like, us not having a Khalifa, yeah. as I said, it's killing us, literally yeah, yeah, killing definitely. us. Us not having a Khalifa. Um, but um as I said, the the victory will be with Islam. Yeah, like it's written. So anyone who feels sometimes people see us being oppressed and they feel demoralized or ashamed because we're being oppressed, it's not. A, it's not a great thing to be yeah. oppressed. But the reality of the matter is, is that we are on the winning team always, yeah. always. Mm. Even whilst, even during our oppression, we we're on the winning team. Those people who are oppressed. Inshallah, ta'ala Jannah. Yeah. Like the Prophet wa sallam said during the Battle of Mount Uhud, when they had to retreat in the mountain, mm. and they they were calling out, you know, they are thinking, I think, I think they thought they'd actually killed the Prophet wa sallam. Yeah. They wasn't sure. And then the Prophet ﷺ called out, "Our dead are in paradise, and your dead are in the hellfire." Yeah, you know, so we always win. Yeah, we always win, and 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 the actual. The way Allah has written the story of this dunya, yeah. His victory is, is is with Islam. So any Muslim who observes the believers being oppressed and feels shy or ashamed to be from amongst this team, thinking we're the losing team, no, they're the losing team because yeah. their oppression is gonna get cause them the most severest of punishments mm-hmm. in the akhirah, and those who have been oppressed are gonna have the greatest of honors. Yeah. That's the way it is. We don't lose. Mm. We don't. We, we don't lose. But we have to improve. We have to do better. We have to, um, we have to develop mentally. Yeah. You know, more than more than, more than anything. Yes, one and of the yeah. things
0: that it might remind me of as well is that um, the Prophet, someone, he was making hijra He came with Abu Bakr, and uh, Abu Bakr had wanted to purchase two. Uh, I think it was camels uh, or horses, but two basically um, beasts for them to basically migrate to Medina. And the Prophet didn't let Abu Bakr pay for both of them. He said because this is such a great, uh, this is such a great event. It's such a great reward for migrating from one place to another, for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. That he wanted to pay for one of the rides himself. He didn't want Abu Bakr to pay for both of them. So I was just uh, mentioning that to say that we can either be uh, yearning for the reward. We can either take part in the reward of the victory of Islam. Or we can sit on the sidelines and watch all the rewards go by, and then when it's too late, just be like, oh, "I wish, I wish I had done that." Mm. But in the next life, when you're standing in front of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and your deeds are short, you you could you would be thinking, "I wish I had done that one good deed." It might have taken some some deeds, bro. It legit takes two seconds or five seconds, ten seconds, literally, but we miss out on it because we
1: know, we're not sh- we're not yearning for it's it. It's a shame. It's a shame. You have to be yeah. awake and conscious for yeah. it. A lot of successful people, they talk about the power of positive thinking and attracting things and Mm. things of that nature. And it's the same with deen. Like if you're not conscious of deen, if you're not conscious, rather not conscious of deen, conscious of Allah, conscious of the akhirah, you're not going to be awake to opportunities. You're going to be, you're going to blindly pass them by. Heedless, heedless. yeah, because it's yeah. not in your, it's not on your radar like that. Yeah. You're thinking about the Balenciaga's you want to buy, or the job you're going for, your yeah. career, or your degree. Your ma- you're not aw- really aware. Yeah. So, um, alhamdulillah, you have to be awake. So, yeah, bro, tell
0: me more about uh, why Abdullah ibn Zubair, yeah. anhu,
1: is your favorite companion. Well, firstly, I feel like. This is one of the things that's really missing amongst the masses of the Muslims is their attachment to the Sahaba and our pious predecessors. Cool. Once, When you learn about these individuals, the women, when you learn about the men, you you there's so much honor in the way that they carried themselves, in who they were as individuals, mm. that it makes these other people that a lot of the masses of the Muslims look up to seem like this, mm. you know? And when you don't have that, it's very easy to be swayed. Alhamdulillah, definitely, 100%, my learning about the Sahaba um, and developing a love for them and an admiration for them is something that helps me be proud of of being a Muslim. Do you know what I mean? It's something that attaches me to Islam and makes me feel like I don't need to look anywhere else for uh role models or inspiration but of course mm. with different things we get inspiration yes I'm yeah. into fashion I'll look at other individuals for inspiration yeah. in that in, uh, etc and admire them but for real life important stuff mm. it's so important to have that attachment. Abdullah Ibn Zubair radiallahu anh, his father was Zubair um one of the ten promised Jannah and um Abdullah ibn Zubair, his grandfather was Abu Bakr Siddiq, radiallahu anhu, um. and uh, that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> your grandfather's Abu Bakr, and your father is Zubair, you know, one of the um. ten from his Jannah. Um, but he, he is my favorite companion, just because I'll tell you a little bit about him, and summarize. He was the first child to be born in Medina, which was special because when the Muslims... Made Hitler to Medina. Um, there were many miscarriages, uh, and the Jews said that they because the Jews were in Medina. It's mm. an amazing thing when you think about it. The Jews being in Medina because they were knew that it they, they was prophesized that there would be a prophet to come there. That's why all the Jews were in Medina in mm. the first place. And when of course when he came and he was an Arab, they they rejected him. Fine, but anyways, Hamdulillah, another evidence for us about the Prophet Sallallahu yeah. Alaihi Wasallam. That they would went to Medina waiting for him, but they said that they put a curse on the Muslims and that they would not give birth to a child in Medina. And Alhamdulillah, Abdullah bin Zubair was born, and the Prophet sallallahu paraded him around Medina. He's the one who um, everyone was cheering. He's the one who um, who uh, the Prophet sallallahu chewed a date and rubbed it on his on his gums. So he had the blessed saliva of the Prophet sallallahu in his mouth. Um, something, something funny about Abdullah bin Zubair yeah, Another one of the things that makes me love him so much is you know Omar. Umar, yeah, a lot of people were scared of Omar. I'm sure they loved him also, but he, the type of person he was, people would be a little bit shook of him if you're a particular way. Yeah, and once um, he Abdullah bin Zubair was playing with some kids, and Omar came was walking down the path and all the kids scattered yeah mm. <laughs> all the kids ran but he stayed where he was so Omar said why why did you not run why did you not run with the rest of with the rest of your friends mm. and he said to him Abdullah bin Zubair as a child he said because um, I have no I have not done anything that I should run and nor is the path too narrow that I need to move <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> And uh, this is a child, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I haven't done anything that I should run And nor is the, is the path so narrow that I, that I should have to move And Omar uh, said, who are you? And he said, I'm uh, Abdullah, son of Zubair And he, he um, once the Prophet he had hijama done And he asked Abdullah to dispose of it in a place where no one would find it, yeah. So he took it and he he got rid of it. And when when he came back, the Prophet asked him, "You know, did you did you get rid of it?" And he said, "Yes." And he said, "What did you do?" And he said, "I drank it." He drank it. <laughs> so then the Prophet said, "Like glad tidings to you, because the fire of Jahannam will not touch the one who has the blood of a Nabi, mm. do you understand it, inside him." So, uh, and as a result. They say that he's he's he, the way the way his body was, mashallah, He had a nice body. Mm. He had a very like one of the companions said, I've never seen flesh sit on a person's body like Abdullah bin Zubair. Subhanallah. And one of his defining characteristics was his salah, like his prayer, because of course he learned from Abu, Abu Bakr mm. So it said that he would stay like he's khushu and he and he would stay in the positions for such a long time like a bird would come and sit on him in order. Do you understand? Bismillah. Like he, his Salah was serious, mashallah, Mashallah. and obviously being the son of um, Zubair, he was brave as well. So he's very eloquent. Mm. He was very good looking. He was very brave. He was just all around. I mean, he was a ten ten guy, you know. And uh, he was he he became a Khalifa, Amirul Mu'minin, and there was a fitna that took place. um, There was another. They say false Khalifa. I can't remember his name. Uh, Subhanallah. I uh, I can't think. I can't remember that the, yeah. this other man's name, but Fitna I had started, and um, there was a kind of a, a divide, and um, long story short, you know, they there was a battle that that ensued. Um, Abdullah ibn Zubair and his companions were in the Haram. The enemy were firing like. You know, like in the movies where we see old old time fighting, you know, like the big rocks, like balls on fire, yeah, yeah, yeah. like them like f- f- dashing them into the into the harem, And when Smile. the time for salah come, um, one of the boulders, Abdullah and Zubair was praying. And I told you about his salah already, yeah? He's in war. One of the boulders comes flying past him and kind of sets a bit of his beard on. He doesn't move. Smile. It kind of set like he's kind of bit of his beard and his chest on fire and i mean he's just completed his prayer right. and he's fighting and fighting his companions were fighting and fighting and eventually they we're getting killed off and um he went to his mother i think it was asma and uh she was blind and um he came and spoke to her and was saying you know everybody's leaving me you know um and he, as his mother went closer, she felt like armor on him. Mm. And she said, what's this? Someone seeking martyrdom Like doesn't doesn't wear this. And he said, my mother, like I, I only wore it to, to comfort you, mm. you know, to comfort you. And um, she was brave, SubhanAllah, she's a smud, you know, so she's, nice. she's serious and, you know, she didn't fear death for her son. And um, he fought bravely and he was the last one standing and eventually he was martyred he was eventually he was killed and uh, this 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 individual this this false Khalifa, um you know mutilated his body, hung him up at the entrance of the the haram um but there was a beautiful fragrance coming from him, mm-hmm. so they tied a dead cat around his body. this is what I'm saying about how Har- yeah, the dunya yeah. is like pe- people that have terrible endings like it's it's weird like what yeah. sometimes was good in the dunya isn't good do you understand yeah. and what sometimes was very often, what looks bad and appears as gruesome in the dunya isn't, mm. you know. Um, but anyway, anyway, alhamdulillah they they tied a dead cat around the body to try and cause a bad smell. And they some of the companions they were asking to take the body down. The mother had asked to take the body down so they could bury him. Eventually, alhamdulillah, they did, and um, his mother like made a beautiful statement. Yeah, she said, "Isn't it time for this soldier of Allah to come down off his horse?" Mm. You know, and Alhamdulillah, so, he was buried. But yeah, I don't know why. I just, I just love Abdulai sure. Yeah, his dad was even, you know, greater. Yeah. But I was always one of those kids who, um like, my brother would always get the Batman toy. Would like yeah. the Batman toy, and I'd always like Robin. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd, yeah. I'd always like the one that's, I don't know.
0: Just below the best. Yeah, like
1: even with Dragon Ball Z, my brother would use Goku, and I'd use Vegeta. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know sure. why I like the, I the don't know underdog. why. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As- I don't know why. yeah, alhamdulillah. Well, you said about uh, Asma' bin Abi Bakr radiallahu anha, the, that she was saying that someone's seeking martyrdom and he's wearing armor, like she's basically pushing for him. Mm. And it shows, bro, uh, that when you love someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that you elongate their lives. Yes, 100%. what is to come for them in the next life is way better for them in this life. So you're constantly looking out for the akhirah For example, the Prophet said to uh, Ali that you are to me like Harun was to Musa and that me and you will be companions in this life and in the next life. And he said that anyone who loves Ali is a Mu'min and anyone that hates Ali or dislikes Ali is a Munafiq. And he made so many great statements about him and he loved him and he even raised him up in his house. But when it came to, uh, when it came to war, uh, and there was, they were picking people to fight Because at the beginning of every war uh, Or every battle They would have people from the Muslims And they would have people from the Mushrikeen Like 3-3 for example And they would fight each other And the Prophet picked Ali He picked Hamza And he picked Abu Ubaidah in one of the wars I think it was uh, Tabuk And Ali and Hamza They're both, subhanAllah Hamza is his beloved uncle And Ali is like his cousin and the and his um uh, son-in-law yet he's still saying to him go fight and this is a one-on-one but battle now he can he can pass away when you're going to fight in a battle and especially in these kind of duels, it's a 50 50 chance you might you might pass away Mm. but it's not about elongating the lives of those that you love it's about looking at what's best for them in this life
1: and then the next life and the next life is always gonna top yeah no doubt no doubt alhamdulillah you need to have a real attachment the akhira really needs to be real to you to to be that type of individual yeah it really has to be oh this is such a
0: huge problem because so so often even within marriages uh, a wife might go tell her friend something or her family members or a husband might go tell one of his friends or something that this is what's happening in my marriage and so on and so on and then people start to backbite and people start to slander and say stuff about the uh, other spouse. Because say uh, a sister goes and tells her friend, her friend's going to get emotional. Her Mm. friend's going to see things only from the perspective of her friend. Even if her friend is very righteous and she's honest and she has taqwa and all of that stuff, she's still human and she still has nafs, she still has desires and Mm. shahwa. So even though she might be truthful, her desires and stuff might overcome her at that time. Mm. So so the stuff that she's saying is not necessarily all true. There's parts and elements of her desires and her own emotions and stuff that's uh, affecting and uh, impacting what she's saying. Mm. So then now when her friends say stuff uh, about you or about her husband or spouse or whatever, now they're slandering and saying stuff subhanAllah that they're going to be accountable for in the next life and they don't even realize it. They might break a marriage based on the few things that they might have heard from her friends and they don't know the full story because there's always two sides of a story 100 percent. but alhamdulillah you said you've uh, got married recently yeah and, al-hamdulillah, uh, i'm glad to hear you it's uh,
1: an afghan masha'allah <laughs> like, you're part of the family now part of the family al-hamdulillah. 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 I, I, from from i've been muslim i've i've loved afghans every af because my only encounter with them has been brothers obviously yeah. so my relationship with Afghans has always been good they've always been strong brothers they've yeah. always been well-mannered brothers they just they're just men do you understand mm. and, I, and I've always loved them in their ways and their food and um, Qadr Allah Alhamdulillah, um, you know I ended up uh, not meeting because she lives the other side of the world, <laughs> but coming across this sister and um there's a good there's a good lesson for lit for sisters to learn about how to get a man and what men are really impressed by and marriage and things of this nature. It's interesting because my wife, who's Afghan but an Australian citizen, the way she won my heart was through real like it was modesty and shyness and um it's funny because she had only started wearing the hijab because she's like a revert even though she's Afghan she's like a revert you know mm. um, she came really came back to Allah and she, it was, so she was only two months into wearing the hijab and in Melbourne there aren't many hijabis there aren't many Muslims really yeah. in Melbourne I went there Loads of Chinese Loads of Japanese <laughs> and Korean Like literally It's crazy Their influence on the, Their Influence on the city is crazy All the restaurants Are all Chinese yeah. Korean Japanese So many of them um, But yeah anyway So she was in a city Where there aren't many hijabs Alhamdulillah She was wearing the hijab So she started implementing shyness And putting Allah subhanahu wa First before everything And then she ended up You know Meeting me Um And <laughs> Uh, how can I say this? We had our first discussion and she basically showed me that she wasn't basic, but in the Mm. sense that a lot of things that a lot of girls would be impressed by, um, she wasn't having it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So not that I was mad inappropriate or anything, but she just shut down something that another person would have entertained or been impressed by. Do you know what I mean? And it's not like men test women consciously, but sometimes men do test subconsciously. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're feeling a person out, you're checking for them. Um. I said, "What well, a lot of women will find a fit now and be impressed by it. She just called me up. It was like, boom, boom, stuck it on me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> my mouth was open, bro. But <laughs> as my mouth was open and I was getting told off here, yeah, my heart opened up. Yeah. My heart opened up. And from that moment, I knew, okay, cool. I'm not just dealing with the same type of, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like normal, normal girl and sisters need to realize that yeah is that if they really want a husband they really want a man don't be basic yeah. don't give a man what he thinks he wants have modesty have shyness and Allah will honor you and, yeah. and give you and if there's any good in the man he's not gonna be upset with you for checking him he's gonna love you for checking yeah. him and that's what happened I got checked mm. and I was impressed so much that so obviously it got to the point where I I I went to Australia. I'm a person that doesn't fly a lot. That's very romantic, yeah, Alhamdulillah, bro. i <laughs> so, traveled to the Allah. other side of the world bro. I've stopped off in Hong Kong. <laughs> but I had yaqeen, I had certainty, yeah. I had certainty and um I'm not going to lie, obviously you do have those doubts that like, right, this is costing mad though and if I see her face to face and it's a catfish thing, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not rating her, I'm going to be pissed. But Alhamdulillah, nah. Alhamdulillah. And obviously I was going over there with knowing that the family wasn't dumb, yeah. naturally, but I had, compassion and understanding because who's gonna want their daughter to go and move to the other side of the world yeah do you know, do you know what I mean that's a big yeah. thing especially for Afghans so I was so understanding t- towards that mm. fact that it helped me you know yeah so I was going over there by myself about to deal with Afghan family but the si- But I know I had the sister on my side fully yeah. Like she was not one of those sisters who are like you know like whatever. if the family says something she just Plays dead yeah, and just yeah, lets yeah. them dictate their life. She stood up for what she wanted, yeah. and that gave me the confidence to go. And um, I went. Uh, the she came with her mum, and from the moment straight off, I loved her mum, for her, her mother. Um, I really did. Uh, and I could tell that she liked me. I could tell that she liked me, even though she was telling me, um, look, like no, did she was yeah. saying, she told me no. She told me no before I came. She called me at seven o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. So, <laughs> the Australian time, innit? Yeah. It I was the first time she called. I was like, <laughs> days talking to her. She told me, you know, like, you know, basically marry someone from, you know, your country. Da, da, da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said to her straight, like, I said, I sent her in a text. I said, auntie, you know, da, 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 da. I remember saying, but my loyalty is to your daughter. Mm. Straight up. Like my yeah, loyalty yeah. is to her. So she's the one fighting for me, yeah. going through mad stuff at home. I'm not just gonna, you, you just say this and then I, I turn around and turn my back on her yeah, and yeah. leave her looking like an idiot. Yeah, I'm one of those people, if you if you fight for me, I fight for you. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's as simple as that, I'll never turn my back on you. So her knowing that she was standing up for herself, that's part of compatibility as well. Yeah. Cause I'm the same way, like my family couldn't tell me what I'm gonna do and what I'm not gonna do in that department yeah. and she was the same. So um, over time, gradually sometimes a mum would suggest that we're gonna get married then she would go on the turn the next day had anxiety for a lot of the trip um, she would come with us out to go shopping for like tobe and like fabrics yeah. and stuff like that then the next day she'll change her mind so you're not getting married <laughs> so the brother her older brother he wasn't uh, getting involved he was staying yeah. away I said to her look I bet you he's not gonna get involved until right at the end <laughs> when I have to go back yeah, yeah. and um, I got a lot of assistance from the imam, one of the Imams over there. Mashallah, very good brother. He was helping us. And long story short, the day before I was due to fly back, Alhamdulillah, the whole family had agreed and we got married. And it was tam-tale. exactly the way we wanted to be with the mum's support, with the because I knew they was going to need that. Yeah, yeah. You know, a woman needs to have that family support if you're going to the other side of the world. And yeah. Alhamdulillah, we ended up, you know, making it happen. Um, we avoided zina. That's something I need mm. to advise the believers. Sure. Uh, avoid sinner. Do you mm. understand? I'm not saying we was perfect. I'm not saying that mistakes won't get made, because mistakes will get made. Mm. Um there's one thing, if there's one thing that can get a practicing person, a semi let's say pious person, a praying person, someone who really loves a lot mm. and fears Allah, there's not one thing that's gonna get them into major sins, then ironically enough, looking to fulfil half of their deen. Yeah. Get married. Because you're coming into contact with the opposite gender. And shade, and also Shaytan would love to flop that as much as possible. You know, he he loves to destroy a marriage. Yeah. yeah. So we alhamdulillah, we avoided sinner I think had we not done that, then we wouldn't have got married. Yeah. You know, so the believers, the women, they need to remember: don't give a man what he thinks he wants. Always mm-hmm. put your honour first. Always have that shyness. You know, and you'll earn his respect. You're not going to earn his respect by giving it up. You're just not and even if you end up getting married Allah will punish you by you not having a good love life with your spouse yeah because every person that I know and the people of knowledge that I'm around know and they give examples about married couples who committed dinner before getting married they're not very satisfied in the um, physical department yeah and everyone who preserved their honor and their chastity they're very happy in that department Mm. everything's from Allah isn't it It's true you know so avoid that uh, and your chances of marriage will significantly increase and stand up for yourself. I know everyone's different, yeah? This part of compatibility, some people, they listen to their family, hmm. yeah? That's good. They should marry someone who's likewise, yeah? Some yeah. people, they're, you know, you have to all about compatibility. That's true, yeah. I don't think every person should basically not listen to their family. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that yeah, at all yeah. in the slightest, but sometimes, Sheikh Aboubaid recently also said as well, you know, that, nothing can ruin a person, the greatest loss and something that will ruin a person's life is when they allow their unwise loved ones to write their life story for them. Yeah. You know, unwise loved ones. Smart. And a lot of people, they let that happen to them, you know? Mm. Just because their mom or just because their dad, they listen to them. And mom and dad don't always get it right. Yeah. They didn't get it right in this instance. Yeah. yeah. And now they love their, their son-in-law. Her mom loves me. Alhamdulillah. Proper, like, loves Shout me. It's not like they just submitted they love me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I love them and I'm good with them. And I can't wait for her mum to come. Allah
0: put barakah in your marriage. And, I know what uh, I mean. Grant you lots and lots of righteous offsprings.
1: I know what I mean. I don't know, man. I'm not too much. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people love that, you but not to too much. Umrah, you have to I know, bro. Inshallah. I know, I know. But. We need more little, j- little jibreelahs around, <laughs> inshallah. Ah, oh, subhanAllah, man. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Allah loves to give me girls. Alhamdulillah lad well, like daughters are amazing it
0: must it must mean bro maybe you love the prophet sallam, a lot i do and love the prophet uh, the prophet said that the one who raises daughters three uh, daughters three also Three daughters yeah so you're going to have
1: three daughters inshallah inshallah
0: so inshallah you have the opportunities to uh, be like this with the prophet sallallahu
1: inshallah inshallah, inshallah. it takes sacrifice and Absolutely. dedication
0: but um barakallahu can for coming uh, inshallah <laughs> we're going <laughs> to have you for many many more uh, podcasts inshallah account, inshallah, inshallah uh, ta'ala. there's a lot more that we need to speak about inshallah Achhi, we got We're untold gonna, we could talk about yeah, you and I definitely definitely.
1: Alhamdulillah. may Allah bless you and may Allah bless bless you in your in your affairs alhamdulillah. 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 and um, yeah do this again soon inshallah
0: inshallah, inshallah. jazakallah khairah which is that barakallah for all those listening inshallah uh, we'll be back with more episodes very soon inshallah yeah. Um,